Hello there, friend. Welcome back to the Cash Confidence Stylist Podcast. So before we get into this episode, I got a question for you. How often do you ask yourself, where the hell is my money going? Okay, look, a lot of us, that runs in a constant loop in our mind. And it's time to take your first step towards financial empowerment. So I wanted to give you a free resource that is going to help you do just that. I wanna give you Assess Your Situation, which is the first module in my course, as well as your guide to figuring out where the fuck your money is actually going. Sorry if you have kids in the car. So this is gonna be a free guide that I've created to help you break the loops, providing you with tools to assess your current financial situation. You don't even have to break out the calculator and to help you gain awareness about what you actually need to start making those money moves where it truly matters. So go ahead and scroll all the way down to the bottom of the show notes and snag it. The link is down there um, and enjoy this episode. Let me know how assessing your situation goes. Thanks friends. This is Misty Jane, and you're listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, a real, raw, and unedited podcast that helps uplift the hair industry one stylist at a time. I am super excited about this conversation today. On this episode, I have Sid Charisse. She is one of the co-owners and founders of Destroy the Hairdresser, which is an education and coaching platform, and she is actually the first coach that I have ever hired. She completely um, showed me what coaching was all about and how beneficial that it could be. And honestly, it was definitely a turning point, a very pivotal point in my life. Um, And I just, it feels full circle to have her on the podcast. So enjoy. Hello, Sid. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Hi. So I wanted to start with um, the fact that three, I believe it was three years ago, I think. It was when I first- It feels like 10 years ago. It really does. (laughs) It was when I first opened my suite um, and I found you from your podcast, from your Destroy the Hairdresser podcast. And I remember listening and thinking like, wow, they are talking about stuff that I've never heard stylists talk about. And I remember being in my car on my way to work and just laughing and like thinking, yes, <laughs> yes, like I've thought this a million times, like why has nobody said this? And I ended up hiring you as my first coach. And it. Just you did. To, I did. And I didn't know what a coach was. I was terrified to spend the money. Um, but I will tell you still to this day, I, first of all, you're the reason I stopped working weekends. And Oh, yay. No one should work on the weekends. Oh, it was... <laughs> the best decision of my career. Um, And then second is I still to this day think about like being reactive about that. Oh, good. Um, It's ingrained in you. Yeah, so thank you. That's important. Oh, I bet you that journey, that that, just that reactive system tool, especially in your new journey and your new adventure and into your new career is, is going to save you like, just remembering those moments of, okay, this is okay. This is right. part of the process. Like, this isn't forever. It's temporary. Let's move forward, you know. And I always, that, like, kill them. Right. And I always think, like, if I get reactive, like, I'm setting myself back. Like, yeah. but anyway, but anyway, thank you so much. Um, so I'm super I'm excited so to have excited. you on today. I, you launched this and I was like, I want to be on. Uh. <laughs> Hey, I miss you. Horribly. Well, I'm like the creepy person that's like sneaking in the DMs like, hey, you want to come on my podcast? (laughs) (laughs) 
And well, I it's like, funny because we have never spoken face to face. This I realize this, but it doesn't seem unnatural because I see we see each other so much on Instagram, right? That this is normal, but we've we've never met exactly ever exactly. And we have so, so much love and connection. I mean, I talked to you. We you were in the program for at least a year, and yeah. I mean, we talked pretty. I mean, multiple times a week. So. That's it's insane. Super creepy to like think about how many Instagram <laughs> friends that I've never met. <laughs> I realized, um, I mean, I would say besides like the students that came to like the events or shows that we did, I have never met any of them, but I like wholeheartedly am connected to them. And so sometimes I'll meet them and they'll be like, and it, I'll just come up to them so natural. Like we've known each other for years and they're like, we've never met before. And, I'm, and it's, it like, I have to step back and remember like, oh yeah. Yeah. Right. Are you, you doing know, Zoom calls friends. now? Or are you doing all by phone? Everything is still by phone. Okay. So you're yeah. still not necessarily seeing people. Mm-mm. Yeah. We, I do once a month, uh, group student calls with my students. So yes, I see them on Zoom, but, uh, the really deep conversations are all over the phone. Right. Which is good because sometimes there's crying and, you know, like <laughs> we go real deep. So it can get, an, it can get emotional when we're making those breakthroughs, right? Like all growth is uncomfortable. And so, you know, I can't on Z, you don't want to cry to your coach on Zoom. Like that's not, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's not about, um, you know, you and your co-owner, David from Destroy the Hairdresser. Yes. Um, now y'all worked together, correct? Yes. We, well, yeah, we've worked together for, oh my God, it seems like 20 years, but since 2012 okay. is when we became Insta best friends. Okay. And then decided that this industry is crap <laughs> and someone's got to do something about it because we had all these artists just like failing and flailing and there was so much reactivity in it and so much fear-based leadership. And, you know, like people would quit their careers that they spent all this money to be a part of and love and then they would go into a whole different career because they couldn't make it and we we realized that like the big brands and you know it, it a lot has shifted since 2012 but at the time big brands weren't really supporting these smaller artists and these smaller salons and if you weren't able to fund them they weren't going to fund you and we were like nope we're gonna do something different because we have to start teaching people how to do business proactively and not reactively and since then, it's been a roller coaster of a career. I mean, since then, we've been on, we've launched a really successful podcast. We've been, this year would have been our third um, North American tour because we go into Canada, so we can say right. North American. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, it got canceled, but we've had two really successful tours. We now have students turned coaches that work for us, um, and we've been able to reach uh, hundreds and hundreds of students, if not thousands of salons all over the country. So it's been super, super beneficial and super um, transformative for the people involved, which is incredible. Now y'all have um, kind of a different script than most people. You know, you, yes. you talk about a lot of different things. Um, you talk about, you know, charging hourly, um, not having a front desk, but not selling retail or selling small amounts of retail. Mm-hmm. So were, did this start as like conversations of you and David in like the back room and you were just like, we have oh to talk God. about this with people. Like, like, how did this come about? <laughs> I feel like I have to tell you 
once upon a time, like the whole, <laughs> we have to go back. Okay. Let's go back to 2012 for a little bit. Um, because what you just mentioned, those are all DTH belief systems. And we strive to get all of those belief systems implemented in every salon we work with. And if not most of them, right? Because sometimes we have to push through it, but eventually we, our students completely transform. So back in 2012, we were corporate educators for Aveda. And um, again, at that time, we realized that working and managing and teaching in salons that a lot of these businesses were just struggling and they were so reactive, like, you know, should I give a discount? Should I do this? Right? Like it was so pulling its strings. I mean, like I, I could physically see them like hanging off this rope. Right. And we started to, we were very young at the time <laughs> and we were angry. We were, we had, I call it teen angst, even though we were in our early twenties, but uh, we were angry at the industry for creating like a lie and then not supporting us. Right. Like creating like the dream of you could have it all. But then when they would get to the, even salons that would be like, okay, I hit my six, I'm a six figure hairdresser. Now I'm a million dollar salon. We're still so unfulfilled. And right. so we were like, how do we bring that to light? And it started as a blog and the blog got a lot of attention. The blog is actually called the dispensary, which was a horrible <laughs> name now that I think, well, not horrible, but it was because it was the color dispensary because everybody would got well, now it reminds back. me of weed. So yeah, <laughs> <That's exactly. confusing. laughs> yeah. and um, it got a lot of attention and people, you know, even like, I'm not going to name names, but like big brands, big, like celebrity hairstylists had found this blog and were so angry about it that they were like against us instantly. And we're just like two kids in Florida at the time, like, like being hated on. And we were like, you know what, that's the driving force. Like we're saying things that people aren't liking, which means we need to keep talking about it. And so we did, and it blossomed. We actually created our first curriculum, which it had blossomed into so many things by the time you were the program and it's completely transformed now it changes every year we add to it and enhance it but we we wrote the beginning portions of what our coaching curriculum was going to look like on a napkin in a coffee shop oh do you and wait i don't it's funny oh. someone, someone asked us we were at bayou saint blonde two years ago and someone asked us like how did you start and i remembered that i had forgotten about that moment and i said that and someone was like, do you still have the napkin? Like, we should frame it. And yeah. like, nope, it went in the trash as soon as, it, <laughs> as soon as we were done with it. Um, but we did, we created everything ourselves, right? And so we built our entire website, our entire marketing campaign. We had no idea what the hell we were doing or how we were going to do it. But we wanted to just try and evolve as we went. And then we started getting students, which is terrifying, you know, mm -hmm. and because you always feel imposter syndrome, like who the hell am I to teach these people? Right. But we just believed in it so much. And we had the educational background. I mean, I spent eight years of my career in education. Like I don't like business and technical education. I don't know anything else in my career besides how to teach another person. And so I had to really sit back on that and be like, I am worth it. I do have value. I do know what I'm talking about. And the people that want to be a part of this are going to be a part of it. And I'm going to do everything in my power to share with them what I have so that they can transform. And, you know, we, we evolved that I, I was, we were talking about this before the podcast started, but we quit our corporate jobs and moved to New York city because we were like, 
where can we be influential, right? And we both had always wanted to move. And David is my business partner. We are both very gay and have our own partners, but people <laughs> always are like, are you guys together? No, we are no. just like <laughs> best, bestest of friends. But we did, we moved to New York together. We struggled uh, just to put everything we had into this company. I mean, literally left our benefits, our bonuses, our salaries to just like, moved to New York with like a thousand dollars in my pocket, which was like five cents in New York money. And I, we would, I'd be like, how many students or hair did you do this week? Okay. You made more money than me. You're feeding us. Like that was it. We started the podcast on our kitchen floor with one mic and, you know, to see now we were talking about it. Like we have a studio now and a producer and you know, like those things, like that's a, it just, I, I cringe when I think about people listening to those early episodes, but then I'm also so excited because it shows the whole growth process, right? Well, and the early episodes, I mean, those are the ones that I listened to that those are, drawed me those to are the Like you may be, may have been pissing off like the big companies, but like yeah. the hairdresser, it was like, I was like cheering, like, yeah, yeah. Like, finally, like it was like a breath of fresh air to hear. Yeah. Do you still have um, like big companies like hating on you guys? <laughs> yes, not going to name names, but it's really unfortunate. You know, our name is aggressive. I love it. Just you know, and just to give your listeners a little idea of why we named it that, we actually were called something else um, when we first started. You know, it's hard coming up with a brand name. And uh, we were called the, the Trichology Project, which is already hard to say and spell. And, but the, you know, trichology is the study of hair. So we were like, oh, let's, let's lean into that. Um, and then David wrote an article called Destroy the Hairdresser. And the whole article was about destroying what it means to be just a hairdresser, destroying low paychecks, destroying reactivity, destroying bad business. And we were teaching people to salon differently. And we were like, let's go for it. Let's just name the company that. And we did. And that's when everything really started to elevate. But um, it's funny because the people that don't care for us, are the ones that are stuck in that reactive old school mindset that aren't changing and evolving. And I'm like, you guys, you better, you better get with the program or you're going to get left behind too. Right. And so, um, or they think that we're out to hurt hairdressers or like, I'm like, if our whole, we, David and I have a huge spiritual backing. We have spiritual coaches. And so we teach a lot of mindset, emotional intelligence, reactivity, transformation. I mean, that's a majority of our program. And then the really aggressive concepts, like remove your front desk and get rid of your products and, you know, go hourly. And we do everything holding your hand. We walk you through the steps. We teach you the benefits. Why? So it's just such an elevated program, but obviously the people that don't really care to look into what we do are going to be threatened by that. Right. And so I think it's a good thing, right? What do you get the biggest? No press is bad press. Right? <laughs> what do you get the biggest well, pushback from stylists? Like, like with which one? Like, is it the hourly? Is it like, what? what's the one that, that, I mean, because I remember when I, you asked me, you know, what, what, what is one of the things that you want? And I said, I, I don't want to work Saturdays anymore. And you literally said, I re- I'll never forget it. You were like, well, then why are you working Saturdays? And that's all you said. And I was like, I don't fucking know. Like, why? <laughs> And I like stopped like two months later and it was like, it's, we do things because we were, you know, we do things out of fear. I mean, that's the bottom line of it is fear. And when, you know, like just like working Saturdays, because we've been taught if we don't work Saturdays then we're not busy. Right. We've also been taught if we're not busy, we're not making money. 
And so we really teach our stylists to be less busy and more proactive with the things that are going to bring them income. So I'd rather you be working three powerful days charging a higher price at your value and having a ton of time off to be with your family and friends. If this year showed anything, we need to have more time with our family, right? Right. And I know it's like the pandemic hit and now everybody was like, you know what? I think we're going to go hourly. I think we're going to, and I'm like, it's like when your mom tells you to stop eating sugar, that's what we've been doing for years is telling hairdressers to do these things. And then pandemic hits and everybody's like, okay, we're ready. Yeah. But it took, it took that extreme removal to remove the veil over everybody's eyes for them to see the benefit in what we were talking about. And so if anything, we were so stoked that people were finally on, on, on our page because our biggest mission is just to get the industry to shift in that direction, whether it's with us or not. Right. And so it's like, we have to bring back that artistry to it and not that struggle. Right. Like it's not, we, yes, we want to hustle, but in proactive ways. And uh, yeah, the biggest pushback to go back to that question, I would think instantly is raising prices mm-hmm. and changing schedules. And for salon owners, it's, um, the retail, I would think. Retail, removing front desk, but also, honestly, my biggest issue with the salon owners is them transitioning into being a emotionally intelligent leader. And that is hard because salon owners also want to be micromanagers. They're in everything. Uh, they make problems out of nowhere. They're trying to be busy about everything. And I'm just like, give your staff freedom, allow them to run their own businesses under you in a commission structure. And then you have the freedom to be a leader versus a manager. And so once we shift out of that, then they actually are like, I'm bored. And I'm like, well, let's create something. Let's do something good for the community. Like let's do something big. And then we shift that boredom into something that is actually beneficial. Awesome. So let's talk about coaching a little bit because I know, you know, when I hired you, um, I remember thinking like, I'm paying all this money and I don't even know what coaching is. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't know what is about to happen. I just know that I needed something and I was drawn to yeah. you. Um, what do you say to the stylist that is like, I don't, is hesitant, you know, hesitant to okay. invest in somebody they've never met? The funny thing is, is that no one joins coaching proactively right it's always a reactive fear-based thing and then our job as coaches is to kind of put them in their place in a, in a very good way that sounded aggressive <laughs> if we want to be aggressive right they're not paying us to kiss their ass or sugarcoat them like I'm if you don't like the aggressiveness then this is I might not be the coach for you right so it's like people don't look for change until there's desire for change. So until there is like, we always say like, until you are completely sick of yourself or you hit rock bottom or you are so in a place of just like, this can't happen anymore. You, it's almost like you give up fighting it. Right. And you're just like, I need help. And so people that are just like still in the place of wanting quick fixes or you know, okay, well, just tell me what to do. They're not ready for coaching. They aren't. They have to be in a place of, I am willing to do anything it takes to not feel this way anymore. And once you get those students or those people, when they're just like, I will do whatever you say 
that's when they're ready, right? Because what's the point? I've said to students, I've had to let students go. I'm like, you're paying me $500 a month. Why are we, why are you're wasting my time and your money? Like if you're not going to, we've wasted three calls talking about the same thing. And sometimes it does take three calls, but eventually there has to be. And sometimes that conversation right there is the kickback to be like, okay, I'll do it. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but the, the bottom line is, you know, you have to be in a place of true desire for your business. And if you're not, it's not going to be beneficial. And to completely lean in to your coach and trust them, like for any, everybody listening, like just really knowing, like, I'm going to trust this person to guide me. That's why I picked them. I'm going to listen to them. I'm going to hold on to, you know, like even the things like you said that you remember that I said to you, like, those are the impactful things. And so I, I do think though, um, it's really important for coaches to have coaches. Yes. And I have a coach. I've had a spiritual coach, a business coach. We call this, we actually teach our students this. It's called your board of people. And so like no CEO at the top is doing anything by themselves. So like, yes, startup companies, you're going to do a lot by yourself, but you still need to outsource eventually to grow. And so I have a spiritual coach. I have a business coach. I have fitness, right? And so having all these people, they're holding me accountable to who I want to be for my students. And so I would say that is the most, like find yourself a coach that has a coach, that has a coach, that has a coach, right? right. Like, and you have coaches. You've had a few different coaches in your career, which has been incredible. Yeah. Yes. And that is why you're going to be so successful because you don't stop growing yourself. Like that is all ego. When you say, I know enough, right. I know it all. And then at that point, your whole business will fail. How can and, you grow anymore? <laughs> and I think there's, there's a huge difference too, because I have like my coaches and then I have like my friends that I can talk to things about. And there is such yeah. a difference when you are paying somebody to mm -hmm. help you with something rather than talking to a friend that not that they don't say things that you need to hear because sometimes they do, but like, yeah, there's just a, there's, it's just different. I don't know. I don't really know how to explain it. Yeah. You know what I mean? No. Like, I don't... It, it's completely different because there's value in it. Like you chose them, you, you earned it. Right. So there's like a, a spiritual concept of, especially like with money, right. That if you give things away for free, it actually can hurt you more um, the person more and the taker and the receiver, it's not an equal exchange of energy. So sometimes when you're paying for someone, you are feeling the physical pain of that money leaving your bank account. And so therefore it is valued to keep going through that pain of paying this person. There's value in it, but there has to be give back, right? Because so, eventually if you're paying someone and you're not equally getting back that value, then it becomes resentful. Right. So it's, it, there's something about paying someone like, I could take you to the gym. Let's rephrase this because you are so much more good at fitness than me, Ugh. but you could take me to the gym and <laughs> pull me. Right. But I could pay someone and it would be more impactful and they would be saying the same things that you're saying. Right. So right. there's something really important about feeling that pain of giving away something that we work so hard for. Yeah. The energy exchange for sure. I, um, I think it's so important to have a coach and, and I, I thank you for that because like I said, I never, it wasn't something I ever, first of all, I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't know what a coach 
was. And, and now that it's been three years of various different coaches, it's like, yes, you get guidance, but they also help you figure your shit out on your own. Yeah. Like, you know, asking the right questions and, 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 you know, we'll do this, but how did that feel? And like, that is, I think almost such a growth experience as well that I did not expect, you know, I thought it was kind of like, you're going to tell me to do this, 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 and this, and I'm going to do it. And this is going to happen, you Mm -hmm. know, rather than, you're doing all the work, (laughs) right? Right. We're just, you're, we're, we're supporting you. I think I, I would say about 80% of my job is giving people permission to live their lives the way they, they want them to. Yes. And I, I remind them of that also. And I also call them out when they're doing things that are stopping them. And I'm, you know, my students always say like, Oh, you always give me a different perspective. And I'm like, well, the, I'm not going to agree with you all the time. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's a great job. And then sometimes I'm like, yeah, that's a great job. But next time let's, you know, because right. if I'm, if I'm just, praising you all the time. Like this is a waste of time and money. Right. But you know, I, I want to dabble into the importance of one of the things David and I did that was really powerful for us as coaches. We had had the education background. Like you could give me a topic right now, Misty, and I could create a class like that. Like I could speak it to you right now. Like I, I would say that is one of my gifts that I have been given by the universe is like, even our agent Aaron's like you create classes out of thin air, you know, and right. it, and I that is from my education background. Like I follow a formula, I know, like I put the information that I know into a formula, and then I can create a small class to stories and reels and IGTVs to huge webinars to you know uh, actual courses and programs. But the best thing we ever did was we got life coach certified. And that changed the game. And I still keep up with it. Um, I'll dabble into quick little life coaching things where it's like, you know, three classes for this much money because I always get something from it because A, it's out of my specialty, but it gives me new ways to talk to my, my students. It gives me new ideas to challenge them. It gives me different ways to think about some of the old things that I've been talking about so I can reframe them for them to be easier to understand. And because we're teaching so much reactivity and emotional intelligence, especially, I mean, you would know you, you teach money. There's so much fear, reactivity, you know, there, there's whole different consciousness around money because money is terrifying. And it's personal. And it's so personal. And so to learn, like now when we, we talk about our program, we're like, we're life coaches and business coaches. And so some calls with my students are about their husbands or their girlfriends or their boyfriends. It's like that, we can't talk about business if that's blocking you. So sometimes we got to work through that to be able to bring it back to Instagram or removing your front desk or, you know, whatever it is that we're doing, because sometimes it's not the fear of raising your prices. It's that you're in a toxic relationship. So how can you do anything empowering for yourself where you want, you need to see your value if there's, you know, toxicity at home. And one of the things we always say is how you do one thing is how you do all things. Mm -hmm. I used to hate when they, they would say like, you have an emotional thing happening personally, leave it at the door. Like you can just take off this like suit and leave it at the door and then put back on your emotions when you get, no, like I'm going to cry in the bathroom sometimes at work. Like it happened. Well, that's (laughs) what makes being a hairdresser so exhausting is, is you feel like you have to completely ignore you to take care of other people. You're a chameleon. You're like literally- tapping into like the one thing that you can to connect to them. Like, 
they're like, oh, I love the color blue. And you're just like, I am a big fan of aqua. Right. It has blue in it. You know, like it's so crazy how good we are at being, being that facade, but it's also, and I'm not saying that we're all a facade, but in ways we are, right. We still mask some of our true self with, in a professional way. And, and that, that definitely is exhausting for sure. I like the, I like the saying, um, how you do one thing is how you do everything because that's really how I started with the money idea anyway, because like, I mean, really what I talk about is more personal money. I mean, it bleeds into Mm -hmm. your business. If you're, you know, independent stylist, like if you don't know how to budget your money at home, you're probably not budgeting your money, you know, at, at work or yeah. So it's, I, I do, I, I agree with that a hundred percent. Um, you know, if you procrastinate at home, you're going to procrastinate in work and, you know, just, and you might, I, you might not even think so. It, it shows up in different ways. Like, like you could be, lose your patience with your kid or, or your partner at home and then have the most patience for your team, but then no patience with yourself. Right. So you, you could, you could challenge someone and be like, they'd be like, no, I have no patience for my family, but like, I have so much patience for myself. That's also a facade because you know, you don't have patience at all. And so you are overcompensating to have patience with your team, which then could potentially hurt your team because you're being like a lax owner because you don't want to seem uptight. But really in the inside, that turmoil that you're feeling is just so toxic because you're just like, I didn't get this done. I didn't do this. Why are we making money? Right. And there's so it's, you got to find them sometimes, but I call that, that's a coaching technique. It's information mining, like really digging deep and really seeing the whole elevated picture versus the tunnel vision. Do you find that to be the hardest part of coaching? Yeah. Yeah. I, I will say that because some people join the program and they're not, some people give me everything. I mean, like they just hand me everything on a platter and I can sift through it and create systems and structures and bam. And then some people are like, everything's fine. Right. You know? And I'm just like, I, it's harder. It makes it harder, but I, I like the challenge because again, that's when the conversation comes up with like, if everything's fine, then we're done here. Then right? why, yeah. Then why are you here? Yeah. I'd rather let you go as a student than make you pay for something that's not benefiting you. And that hurts you and my business. So I'm not about that. Um, but it's, it's those things that like, then I have to be like, everything's not fine because you're not growing or I have to find it. And sometimes it's sifting through your, your students, um, muck and trash. And I always say like, when I say muck and trash, it's because of this, idea of like when nothing's growing or changing you're sitting in a dark room and you're like you actually are in this dark room and it's the only thing you know right and so you're walking through your own emotional trash or your reactivity or your fears and you're just like spinning in it and you're just like in your head you're like everything's fine even though like there's like a trash can on fire in the room right and well it's a life that you're used to yes and then your coach comes in and says uh what and flicks on the light and you're just like (gasps) like it was better I always say like the longer I've been a student it's like there's no going back like how can you go back after the knowledge you know it's like after you've seen everything with the light on how can you just choose to turn it back off it doesn't make sense to me yeah it's a a self-reflection 
You know, you mm-hmm. can't change anything until you know what, where the issue is. And sometimes Absolutely. you need somebody to just go, Hey, let's, let's clean this up. <laughs> let's <laughs> wake up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so talk to me for a second about coaching during this year. Ah. <laughs> I'm, okay. I'll be real honest with you. <laughs> of course we lost some students. I, you know, right now we have over a hundred students in the program and which doesn't sound like a lot, but there's only five of us. And when you're on the phone, as much as we are like capacity, I can only take 25 to 30 students. I mean, I'm capped out at that point because think about how many phone calls that is a month. You know, our program allows unlimited text and email. So I would be doing a disservice by taking more students. Right. Which means we have to still as well. Right. Or not only I only work behind the chair once, uh, once a week. And it's usually for like five hours. Okay. Um, that's kind of what happened with pandemic, but I was shifting into that anyways. And I also raised my prices when I came back. So I did lose people from the pandemic and just from the price raise. And I was okay with that because I'm actually still making the same, if not more than I was when I worked three days a week. I was already making the minimal dream. I was already working it and I was like, "Mm, I'm going to cut it back, but I had to make room to be a better coach. And so therefore, uh, now my art of being a hairdresser and a blonding specialist can just be my art and my craft and not my survival. Right. Um, but that's my goals. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it'll happen. It'll happen. Uh, we did lose some students out of, out of like the over hundred students we lost, I would say closer to 20, which isn't bad. Right. Um, I would say over 50% of them came back into the program, uh, after a few months and recently, I would think uh, we actually right now more than ever. Yes. We ended up actually getting multiple new students during the pandemic once funding came in. And once people realized that their finances weren't going to hurt as bad as they thought. Right. Um, but, you know, it was a, I was telling you before this, that uh, me and my partner, my business partner and my real life partner mm-hmm. had coronavirus. And so not only are my students calling me panicking state I'm like I I can't even describe it like I know we all experience but like I'm watching my whole business just like (laughs) students are calling texting they're in panic I'm sick as hell like I'm trying not to scare them because their coach has it like you know I'm trying to take care of my partner and just one by one students are are just breaking down and it's just like you are not prepared for that and so all I could do was kick into action and say I remember something my coach told me that when you feel out of control, stay busy with what she, her, what she actually says is when you feel out of control, stay busy with the light, like connect to your higher self, connect to the universe, connect to God, connect to whatever it is for you. Right. Stay busy. I transform that saying to my students to stay busy with, um, stay busy with what you can control. Right. Because I think it's easier to grasp. So when you feel out of control, stay busy with the things that you can control. So I was like, what can we control right now? We can control online product sales. Mm -hmm. We now have time to do the tutorials, build the Instagrams, build the brands. And so we shifted into that and it actually propelled everybody so much more when they came out of it. I will say to only lose 20 students and then have them come back in a, in a program that is, is we, we charge, we do charge a higher end of a price point um, for what we offer in our program. For them to be able to stay and continue was mind-blowing for us at 
what we've actually accomplished because we did so much work in 2019 that even though there was so much fear and scariness and reactivity, when, when the dust settled, everybody kind of, all of our students were like, oh my God, we're in such a good place. And I would say there was not one student that didn't raise their prices when they came back. They shifted their schedules. We've had students that opened second locations, suite studio owners that opened salons, um, like expanded on their, their space. One of our students came back and hit her million dollar mark and was able to give her people, uh, her staff insurance and benefits. I mean, like that is a testament to what we had, that, that was it. Like we were like, okay, we're here. Right, right. Well, we're you were the, the, the support that they needed, you know, especially yeah. this year. To be honest, we, you know, students, the teacher becomes a student and I learned so much from my students. I mean, they check me so much in ways because I have to check myself. Like what they're going through makes me check myself. Am I practicing that too? If right. I'm telling you to look at your money, am I looking at my money? If I'm telling you to do your Instagram, am I doing mine? And so I definitely always feel like I'm growing because of them. But um, also it was so, they, they kept me sane. Like they gave me purpose during this time where I, I could have easily been like a mess. Right. And so I couldn't, it's like, it's like, you know, as a mother, I'm not a mother yet, but I, I almost feel that sense. Like I love even you, you know, like even you're not even in the program. Like I become, I be, I love my students and all I want to do is protect them and help them. And so they, they gave me purpose during that time, which was so great. Well, it's a partnership. I, I think mm -hmm. that that's something also that people don't realize is when you're working with a coach, you know, it's your coach is just invested in you as you are in whatever it is that you're yeah. you know, get out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, like I was telling you before, you know, one of the girls I'm working with is keeping me up at night because I'm like trying to think of all these things like, oh, we, you know, do this or that. And it's like, so yeah, it's, it's a partnership. And I think that it's important. And I think this year we need that support more than anything. Um, yeah, you know, if anything, pandemic showed that we don't have to work like we've been working. Yes. Like for those people that took off, you know, I think I was not, I was not behind the chair for six months and, you know, why wasn't I taking a month off before? Right. Like right. I was as, you know, but like as, as my students, I'm like, you, you were down three months and came back and you're killing it right now. Right. So I want, so I'm challenging all my students to like, you can't go backwards. You have to take, like, I'm making them take a month or two off in the whole year. And so whether that's spread out, whether they're going to use it or not, I already have their books blocked and they can change it if they want to. But the reality is that they have to take that time off and they'll thank me for it at the end of going into 2022. Also, I think what we do is so physical as hairdressers mm. that we have never taken that time off to breathe, to My stop, to pause, to rest. I know. Like, <laughs> yeah. I, um, having those time blocks are going to be our downtime that we need to protect our health. Yes. Because when we're working five, six, seven days a week, 10, 12 hour days. I mean, when are you resting? When are you? And you're so stressed too, right? You're stressed about money. You're physically stressed. Like your body needs time. It's like, of course you're going to catch something. Right. And then what, then what, then who is there to help you when you're sick? 
I had a student tell me the other day, I wonder if she's going to listen to this and know I'm talking about her. They always know, when, especially on our podcast, when we talk about them, I'm like, I know you talked about me. But, right. not <laughs> but she's like, I took the day off the other day and I felt so bad about it. And it's hard for her. It's hard for her to stop working because she has been, it's been ingrained in her that if she's not working, she's not successful and she has not hit her goals yet. And so she feels like by stopping that it's actually a pushback. And I had to remind her, it might be painful to have days where you have to pause, but suffering would be if something happens to you and you have to take weeks, months off. Right. So would you rather have pain that's consistent or that is easy to push past or would you rather suffer in it and be destroyed? And so she was like, no, I don't know what I thought. <laughs> I think the other side of it too is us, is clients realize that like they're going to be okay if they don't yeah. get their hair done every six weeks. Like, yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks, but you're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's been, an, I, I've seen a lot of stylists stop working, uh, stop double booking. I've seen, like, I've seen the shift. I've, I would say most stylists I've talked to raise their prices coming back and nobody blinked an eye. And yeah. so it's, it's been an interesting transition for the industry. That's for sure. Absolutely. It's well, been incredible. I um, really appreciate you coming. This was so much fun. Let's do it again. I feel like we could talk forever. <laughs> you are welcome on Backroom Beauty Talks anytime. Well, I'll pop back in next year. And <laughs> Yes, you're welcome anytime. Um, is there anything that you would like to say to, as my son would say, the town? <laughs> oh my God, it's so cute. Our, okay, so if you are a part of the town of hairdressers and, yeah. and you are listening to Backroom Beauty Talks, <laughs> get a coach. Yeah. Get a mentor. I cannot, I mean, you have to spend money to make money and why not spend it and invest in yourself and in your business for it to bring you more income and thrive. Right. And so find, you know, find there's, there's plenty of plenty. There's not enough of us out there actually, but there is enough of us. There's plenty of us to find. And so find that person that you do your research are they, you know, speaking to what you want? Listen to their podcasts, watch their lives, look at their stories, like really dive into what they are right. and, you know, be realistic with the price point, but don't go with the cheapest unless that is your price point. But like, I challenge you to, to even if it's expensive, give it a try. Make right? it an uncomfortable price, not price, yeah. but an uncomfortable um, exchange. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, you know, some people are like, I want the cheapest. And it's right. just like, well, now you don't, usually those are more group coaching programs and right. yes, those can have a lot of impact, but they're not as effective as having that one-on-one. I don't think. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Or even go into a group one. And then if you resonate with that person, you know, I'm sure yeah. most people will offer one-on-one as well, you know, so yeah. almost like a taster, you know, I think it's all, you get what you put in, you get out of it what you put into it. And so I, we've had people say, I can't afford you but I listen to every single one of your podcasts. I am there for every of your stories. I am there for your lives. I watch your IGTVs and reels and posts and I take your classes and your free webinars and you have transformed my business. Right. And that right there, I don't even care if they're a student. We did yep. our job. Exactly. And so, if, and that is a true, that's the person that like, they were like, I don't have the finances, but I'm going to do everything I can to grow and use these tools. That's like, 
that right there is consciousness is like, I'm going to use these tools to benefit me. And I'm like, you do you yeah. into it. That's why we put it out. I mean, and at the end of the day, I know for me, um, you know, I wanted to become a coach because I want to, I want to change the industry and I want to help stylists. Yeah. And I mean, I, I would do it for free if I could. Yeah. But it's I can't. It's not possible. <laughs> yeah. Like, and honestly, I, mean, I know we're wrapping up, but like what you specialize in money. Uh, I, I wish I, I would have had a coach like, like you specializing in that in the beginning of my career. I could have wasted so less time you know, struggling in some areas, right? And, you know, obviously we teach a lot of that, but sometimes you have to get through the money talk first before you can talk through anything else. So I commend you. I think what you're doing is great. And I think more stylists need to, people run away from their money and they need to really look at it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I wouldn't have hired you in the first place if I wouldn't have gotten myself out of debt and felt like I could have it you know? <laughs> so. Absolutely. And you in a way had your mentor, money mentor at the time. So right, right. Like, that was what got you out of that. And then you were like, okay, I can focus on investing in other areas. So exactly. I think it's great. Awesome. Well, thank awesome. you so much. And where can everyone find you? Everybody can find me at destroy the hairdresser on Instagram. Uh, you can check out our podcast, destroy the hairdresser, the podcast, or if you want to, you can go to our website, destroy the hairdresser.com. Awesome. Thank you so, so, so much. You're welcome. Once again, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to take a screenshot, post it on the gram. You can tag me at my new Instagram handle because I got crazy and changed my name at um, underscore Misty Jane underscore. And if you like what you hear, please leave a review. The more reviews and the more stars that we have, um, the more people that this podcast will spread to and the more people that listen the more episodes i will give you so hope you enjoyed thanks for listening talk to you next time